I think it's good. It's coming in good. All right, we're good. Losing lives. We're doing Resident Evil. This is the second one. Resident Evil Apocalypse. Three lives down. You got enough in there to finish me off? One way to find out. Gross. Not good. Game over! Mario Brothers Club, no league too small. Fatality. Yeah, that's right, it's a fucking mess in here, man, but we we dealing with it, we dealing with it. Alright, so we still cooking up in here. We decided to cook something else. This is not for gamer needs food badly, though. It's just for us because we're hungry as a motherfucker. So, we decided, uh. Decided to use Eric as our slave for the day. Yeah, I guess so. That's not a proper thing to say, sir. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm triggered. <laughs> Alright, let me turn you up a little bit. Uh, oh, it's weird that you say that you're triggered. I'm, I'm over here offended. Well, we're doing this a little different, so because um, we've already have put out Resident Evil One, even though we haven't recorded it yet, because we're recording out of order. But you know, as we do, we start with the games. Uh, so we're not going to get into Resident Evil One because we're going to do that with One, which whatever. But um, we'll start with Resident Evil Two now. I'll go ahead and start a little bit, and I'll let Kevin talk a little bit because Eric, uh, Ryan, you'll finish us off here. Uh, because you know a lot more in depth and get into the details. I think he remembers it a lot more. Yeah, he remembers a lot more. Yeah. So, and I never played three or Code Veronica, so I don't have much. I don't have any memory of that whatsoever. But I did play two. Two was my introduction to the Resident Evil series. So, um, and sorry about that, listeners. Ryan apparently has a dog that gets a little frisky at times and starts barking. So, and we've got some yeah. motion going on. Yeah, too. and when it hears every little single fucking noise, it it thinks that she has arrived home. So yeah. it, they go running for the fucking door. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Resident Evil Two uh, was in the city. I I kind of compare Resident Evil One and Two uh, to the Purge movies because the Purge it took place at someone's house. And just you know, but and then the second movie takes place in the city, and you see what the purge is all about. Resident Evil kind of does the same thing. The first one's in the mansion, in the house, in the laboratory, and everything like that, and you finding out about Umbrella Corp. And then Resident Evil Two, you are in the city, and you're seeing all the damage and destruction, the apocalypse of the city. And in Resident Evil Two, you play as Clara Leon, and you could do two separate things for that. So, uh, two, uh, two different scenarios. Yes. Now, some of it, you do some of the same levels, but then you also do some, you have some different things that you do with each character, if I remember right, right? Yeah. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Claire's yeah. story involves the, uh, the little girl, from what I remember. Yeah. Um, and Leon is. I'm trying to think. I forget who's in Leon's story. So that's what I'm saying. I don't remember a whole bunch about the game, but I remember the little girl is in players. Yeah. So, anyways, Ryan, we'll go ahead and let you rip and uh, go ahead and get into this and let us and tell us about the you know the story and what you remember from it and then your experience with just Resident Evil two and three. So go ahead. 
Um, I'll go by saying Resident Evil 2 was actually my addition to the series and the reason why I went out and bought a fucking PlayStation. Yeah. Um, now, the story for Resident Evil 2, uh, I'm just going to bounce off of uh, you and Kevin, that with you, uh, yes, the game is split into two different scenarios, scenario A and scenario B. Uh, and the, the game, the story will go according to who you pick for each scenario. For example, if you happen to pick Leon for A, you'll go through him, he'll do his thing, and then scenario B will automatically go with Claire. And the storyline will change a little bit to what she was doing while Leon, while you were playing with Leon. So it's kind of, the story is intertwined. Now, what's actually canon to the story of the Resident Evil franchise, Claire is scenario A. So Claire is actually the main character and Leon is actually B. Okay. Now... Now the little girl that uh, Kevin is talking about is Sherry Birkin. Yes, that's she her. is the she is the daughter of the two scientists William uh, William and Annette Birkin. They are the lead researchers on the newly G virus, okay. which um, which William Birkin and Albert Wesker planned on um, selling onto the black market. But was stopped, ultimately stopped by Umbrella. Okay. Because they they have they have learned of their betrayal. And that was the second one. Correct. Okay. All right. I remember that. Now, was there anything like in the first movie, which we covered? Um, there was the hive underneath the city. Uh, was that ever part of the games of a laboratory uh, thing underneath the city? I remember something in the second game about going down into the sewer systems. And then I thought I remember there being some kind of laboratory type areas you end up running across. Is that any way similar to the hive that's in the movies? Um, yes, but not as high tech. Okay. Um, what you are referring to, which I guess will dip in a little bit into the first game, is um, the mansion, just like in the movie, is the Oswald Spitzer Mansion, one of the um, founders of Umbrella, who built an underground laboratory. Um, he built an underground laboratory, which they can conduct uh, all research and technology uh, of bioweaponry now um and that's also where they uh collect their data as well so yes there is an underground laboratory but it's not as you know high tech and elaborate as the hive was all right that's uh that's interesting uh, so what about three? Because I know in this movie we get into Nemesis actually. So it's not just like the first movie was just Resident Evil One. This Correct. movie kind of does Resident Evil Two, Three, and Nemesis. I mean, and um, Code Veronica, from what you were telling me earlier. So go ahead and get into some of Resident Evil Three and Code Veronica. Now I'll, I'll start with Code Veronica for the fact that there is actually not a whole lot other than like maybe two things. One is actually the name of the scientist that goes by Dr. Ashford, who's actually just loosely based on the character of Alfred and Alexia Ashford, who are the two twin siblings and the antagonist of the video game. 
um, who are the children of Alexander Ashford, who, uh, again, one of the co-founders of Umbrella. Um, now, the other thing that Co-Veronica has taken is actually the scene towards the end when Alice drops her gun and then drops to the floor and catches it as mid-second it hits the ground to shoot, which is the uh, which is taken from the beginning cutscene when Claire is running in a building from Umbrella. So other than that, there really isn't a whole lot from Co-Veronica. Now, um, as far as the bread and butter, it would be Resident Evil 3. Definitely, this movie has taken mostly from Resident Evil 3. More so than 2? More so than 2. More so than 2 because um, they they include um, Jill Valentine, and, and she's even wearing outfit the outfit from the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Oliveira, which is one of the soldiers from the Umbrella Corps. Okay, um, I was wondering if he a- was a game character because um, he was kind of important, but I don't remember that character because like, I've never played uh, Code Veronica, so that's interesting. Well, it, that's actually from Resident Evil 3. Yeah, I never played Code uh, Veronica or three. I mean, both of them. I, I, I'm sorry, you said it takes mostly from three. So this is mostly all from three. three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Carlos was a kind of a big part of the game, but he only popped in and out to either hit on Jill or just lose his mind. You know, the movie actually does a couple winks at that. Like it looks like Carlos is trying to shoot a shot at Jill Valentine in certain parts of the movie, but not it's, enough of them two are together on screen to really mean anything but i did well, yeah, get those vibes there, there's actually a line in the game that is just so far out ridiculous when you know is like you get in a heap of trouble and he pops up at one point and, he, and uh she's like hey i want to ask you a question he goes he goes i know you want to ask me out all the foxy ladies love my accent it drives them crazy oh okay and she's like something. what but um uh another character from the game is um nikolai uh, Nikolai is played by Zach Ward in this movie. He's he's um, he's Carlos's buddy who, when he introduces himself to Jill, he's attacked by a dog and killed. Is now, he like a game, Russian? He's, he's like a Russian guy in the, in the movie. He's got like was it like a Russian accent? He was yeah, doing? I think that was supposed to be like a Russian. Yeah, accent. yeah. yeah. Uh, Nikolai in the game is actually Carlos. He's much older, and he's actually Carlos's commanding officer. Who's actually joined by another uh, Russian soldier by the name of Mikhail? Okay. Um, okay. Other than Nemesis, and as much as it does take away from two, you have to also understand that Resident Evil Three actually happened before, mid, and after Resident Evil Two. Okay. Right. So while Resident Evil Two is happening, Resident Evil Three is happening at the same time. In this movie, in this movie, yeah, okay, okay. Oh, and uh, another fun fact I just want to throw out there since we're talking about three this Resident Evil 3 game that was dropped in for the PlayStation was one of three Resident Evil ideas, really. That 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 was the one that they happened to pick for Resident Evil 3. There were two other ideas, one was done by um, uh, 
Capcom Europe, and the other was done by the creator, which is uh, Shinji uh, Mikami. Now, okay. uh, there were three ideas that came to the table. There was Capcom USA, which was Resident Evil 3, the one we got. Capcom Europe presented theirs, but instead of that becoming Resident Evil 3, that became Resident Evil Code Veronica. And Shinji Mikami, the, the creator, wanted to take the game into a new direction, but his idea was scrapped. But later, he took that same game, created another franchise that Capcom has put out, and we all know it as Devil May Cry. Really? Huh? Really? Yeah. That was originally his idea for Resident Evil 3, was to go in a much different direction. Like uh, but, toting guns and a sword and hack and slash? Something like that? Yes. Really? Yes. That was that was the direction he wanted. Capcom felt that if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. That that was someplace where I think they're right. And the spin Devil May Cry off of his own thing was the better move. You're right. Yeah. That would have been very jarring. That's a huge detour from what Resident Evil was. To go from Resident Evil 2 to um, Devil May Cry. Yeah, the hack and slash kind of adventure thing. Yeah, Yeah. even if it's hack and slash zombies and everything, it's not the demonic part of it all. And honestly, though... The movie kind of goes the Devil May Cry way, yeah. if you think about it. So, like, if you're looking so it's at kind this of a movie, call, it's a little bit of a callback. Exactly, because the movie does more of a Alice is like Dante, not necessarily personality wise, but like the character wise, where she is like hack and slashing, kicking the yeah, kung fu and zombies, shooting badass. zombies left and right. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of funny that this movie actually takes the one of the concepts that end up becoming Devil May Cry. It's kind of connected in a weird way that's interesting i did not know that okay you have anything else you want to drop that on y'all yeah no that's that's some cool info is there anything else you want to speak on the games as far as maybe like what about the um the story of resident evil 3 there's nothing with that the doctor in the wheelchair or any of that nonsense in it huh no the the only like I said, the only thing, it's really loosely based on three because three is mainly about Jill Valentine. Jill Valentine, it's her story of her trying to escape Raccoon City, but all her and all her star's partners are being hunted down by Nemesis very early in the game, which actually Nemesis pretty much hunts you down throughout the entire game. Okay. Imagine a boss fight like every five to ten minutes. Kind of like Silent Hill 2 in a way where you've got Pyramid Head always wandering around the whole game. Yes, he's wandering around, but he's he's essentially hunting you. And he will pop up when you least expect it. But he can actually be taken down. And another cool thing that this game has actually done from Resident Evil that it was different from the other Resident Evil games, yeah. it was the first time that they decided to add an element which was decision making okay where where there were there were points in the game where you had to they were gave you two five second options and you had to quit you had to pick your decision and what you pick will change the outcome of the ending okay it's interesting uh, was there like any like um, the movie kind of deposited this idea that they're testing Nemesis out in the field while also containing the Raccoon City uh, incident by nuking the whole town. 
So is right. there any uh, of that storyline in the game as far as them like testing Umbrella's testing Nemesis against Jill and the Stars team or something like that? Well, what had happened was in the beginning of the third game, um, it starts off like a huge zombie outbreak that it, it rampages through the city because, of course, at the end of the second game, you have Leon and Claire blow up the police station and yeah. the uh, underground umbrella. Well, right then and there, they think that this this thing has stopped. But at the beginning of three, it's an all-out war on the streets with zombies killing everybody. Mm. And Umbrella sees the mistake they made. So they actually decided to, instead of not just, um, they knew that they were that they were about to get the blame for this. So to kind of show what kind of humanitarians they were, yeah. they sent out their own special forces team, which is the uh, Umbrella Corps, to handle the threat. Okay. Even even though all they were were just lambs of the slarge to show everybody that they were the good guys, which at the same time they sent out Nemesis to eradicate all traces of this incident. Mm. That's why uh, throughout the entire game, all he says is stars. Oh uh, yeah, because because Nemes- Nemesis is programmed to kill everybody that is connected with uh, the mansion incident which happens to be Joe Valentine and Brad Vickers yeah. the pilot that brought them down to the Spencer mansion yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I remember about the third game didn't they end up kind of nuking the town at the end of the freaking game yes at the end of yeah. the game um, they so wind up destroying Raccoon City okay well let's go ahead and switch gears into the movie um, thank you Mr. Ryan doing your service Dropping the knowledge of the Resident Evil games on us once again. All right. All right, so um, I got more where that came from. I'm gonna let uh, Kevin go ahead and pick up with the movie. So why don't you give some of your first thoughts on this movie, and then we'll take all our turns doing it and such. Uh, Stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. This movie's like it's one of those movies. It's kind of like it's camp. Gotta lose a life just to have a life. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those movies. It's campy. It's kind of dumb, but to me, it's fun. Like if you don't really think about it too much, but like that's really the only kind of enjoyment you get out of it. They take, uh, like I said, they, to me, they they took a lot of two and three and everything. I didn't really pick up on uh, Cole Veronica, like Ryan was saying, but not there's only one mention. Yeah, yeah. Just... Now Ryan said that that was from that is from Cole Veronica. Um, but like, I don't know. Like this movie is like, I don't know. It's just, I don't really know about what I would want to say about this movie. Yeah, I, I, I had. I'm. I'm sorry. I, I did have something to say on it, but it's not my turn. Oh so, no! Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. What, what you want to say on it? Uh, I don't know if Kevin feels the same way. I but I feel like this movie is just one of those things where. Like they went to a crowd of the people who saw the first Resident Evil movie and said that, okay, what is this movie missing? Like, what was the last movie missing? Uh, a funny black guy who quotes a another game, um, more action, uh, Hold on more second, stuff. Ryan. In the I'm sorry to interrupt you. Give me one second. No, he's not, Ryan. I uh, know he's not. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, right here. Right 
talking down to me. Alright, sorry about that, Ryan. Go ahead with what you were saying. Eric was trying to ask me for something. Oh, no, all I was saying is I think with this movie was they were just addressing everything that people may or may not have wanted from the first movie. You're still looking good, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can you hear the drops, Ryan? Yeah, I, I can hear okay, the drops cool. as well. I'm just making sure. All right. Um, yeah, um, I think so. So when I remember watching this movie, well, I remember watching this before. And so what I remember was like, oh, the first one was a horror movie. The second one kicked it into like action. Like it was just like straight action stuff. Yeah. Um, there is some more horror elements in this second movie than I remember. There's a few points of like in the church when Jill goes up to the preacher who's feeding his his zombified, I think, daughter or wife or something like that. I didn't really feel like the first one was too much more horror than than, than this one was. I mean, No, the first one was more horror than this one was, for sure. They didn't have as many yeah, action well, scenes in the first the, one. There well, the first one was, was more like, oh, what's around the corner? What's yeah. jumping out at you? There, there was a, a lot little of jump more scares. jump scares well, in the first yeah, one. Yeah, it had that mystery. The first one had like that mystery. Yes, it did, too. The first one did have a mystery because like... Uh, um, Alice in the first one couldn't remember what was going on. Yeah. In the second one, though, she's like, she knows what's going on, and then she's like full in gear action mode, like beyond, like like superhuman, like she's jumping huge like leaps above fences and shit like that. She's having fist fights with Nemesis, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> she, she threw she threw a motorcycle at a liquor and then shot it, it. Yes, at the right yes. moment. Oh, no. Tank. No, she didn't throw it. What she did was she she uh, well, she, she, she spun it, it around, she revved it forward, and it just drove itself forward without tipping over at all. And then the liquor grabs it and jumps in the air with the bike, and then she shoots it. Is and that what happened? Up. The liquor jump with yes it, the liquor jumps it's with like, the bike like the bike kind of revs up and the liquor jumps into it and they both just kind of in the I air thought the bike kind of somehow had enough inertia i don't even know how yeah, yeah. it was so, so just to make a so cool action she scene. threw the bike at him kind of yeah basically and instead because i know the bike didn't rev itself up well she revved it up the and then like right. let it go and the bike drove by itself down the church and then it kind of picks up the and liquor. then the liquor jumps into it, and they just kind of go up in a symphony of explosions. <laughs> so now, 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 I think the only really problem with her being so badass made every character irrelevant. That that kind of is true, but like, and yeah, because this is the other thing too, right? So our actually one of our first scenes we get is like Jill, like in the church, not in the church, in the in the uh, in the prison. And she's sitting there like she just walks into the the um, the police station and is like just shooting zombies like they're infected boom boom and then she's like, just she like just we need to get out of here and then she like leaves and it's like a little badass yeah Jill the police station Jill was done terribly in this movie in my opinion yeah, yeah. yeah like because Jill is I, such a main character in the games and she's like one of the best characters uh in the Resident Evil series like at least one of the most beloved characters I I would think and no, yeah, and is. here she was just like there were, like you said Ryan there was no point for it like cuz Alice comes in and she's like the badass Jill with superpowers and shit yeah i felt like they they took the badass of the video games and they had her be outshined by the badass 
of the the first movie at every turn. Yes, yes. Every turn when Jill was going to do something cool, Alice outshined her. Well, like the first, I would say the first 20 minutes of the movie, Jill is like the cool character because they, we don't see Alice. She doesn't come into the church scene. Yeah. Uh, and we don't see Alice yet. So then she's like shooting zombies and shit left and right doing her thing. And she's like the badass. And then Alice just comes in and like ramps it up to 100. And like, there's no way you're going to be that badass. So. <laughs> And I no, just, what I want to know. Yeah, uh, go I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, say it made so Jill weird. corny. Like she just comes across as corny the whole movie. What 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 thing I was trying to wrap my mind around was um, when she jumps when she comes to the police station and just starts randomly shooting me. I'm trying to figure out which of these cops is the one that actually handcuffed Mike Epps to that zombie yeah I know right that's what I want to know well I like Mike Epps first introduction into the movie which I believe I have uh right here GTA motherfucker <laughs> oh yeah 10 points you're still looking good baby I spent five dollars on your stinking ass He's talking to a zombie hooker. Yeah, two zombie hookers with their tits out and everything, just moving along along. And, of course, Mike Evans we get, who's just the comic relief because he has no other point in this movie whatsoever. He's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, Because that's actually what the first movie was missing. Yeah. Comic relief. Yeah, that is true. The first movie is just a dry, like, there's no humor in it at all. This second movie does give you some levity. It gives you a few chuckles, especially with uh, Mike Epps, who's playing LJ. In the I think because it knows just how ridiculous itself is. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so because it's, it's starting to ramp it up. Because in the later movies, when I remember, it goes to a, it goes even higher. Because I know later yeah. on in the later movies, which we'll get to. I mean, we get to Wesker, and then he has superpowers, and they're having superpower fights and dodging bullets. It becomes the Matrix. And you know what? The whole time I was watching the second movie, I was like, "This is what Uwe Boll watched to make House of the Dead," because I just felt like he saw this Resident Evil two and was like, "This is how I'm going to make my movie." Didn't this movie I, they, come out in They're gonna do ten minute Matrix fight scene with zombies here. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to answer the uh, Kevin's question, yeah, it's came, it came out in two thousand four. Yeah. 2004. When did when did uh two thousand two was when Resident Evil two thousand no, two no House of the Dead when did House of the Dead come out oh two thousand three. 2003. Oh, so he beat him to the punch. House of the Dead's 2003? Really? Yeah, House of the Dead's 2003. Well, then maybe uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, the director and writer of this movie, uh, maybe he uh, Of also of Mortal Kombat. Yes, he also did Mortal Kombat as well. Yeah, he actually has a lot, a few video games. He actually did uh, Dead or Alive, that movie too. Huh. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's what goes. His, uh, we're going to his That goes as far as to say why they actually had a hand-to-hand fight with Nemesis. Oh, yeah, that was... So, like, well, actually, the first fight they have is, like, a gun-gun, like, gun-shooting, like, kind of well, hand-to-hand. It's not, it's not really much of a from what I remember. He bats her away from her. He, well, they were shooting like, each other and stuff himself. like that. Yeah. And then the second fight is just, like, straight hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. And then, of course, he has to have the... But he's still human inside, and he remembers her, and he loves her. And then he starts killing all the Umbrella Corps. 
And then again, we get just like in the first movie, we get in this movie where like Umbrella just does everything. Again, we get another bullet shot where the bullet goes flying out of the chamber, slow motion. Look at the back of the bullet. Oh, it's the Umbrella Corp symbol. They, you know, like they just make everything. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the nuke had Umbrella Corp written on it. Uh, Oh, and then we get the satellite at the end in outer space that has the Umbrella Corp images on the satellite. Um, um, It's weird because the game actually had the um, umbrella on the nuke. Oh, yeah? Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. So, um, Um, Also, I feel like in this movie that of, of, of course, going on with the other movies, the big movie franchise, I feel like the entire franchise is trying to outshine the game, the game franchise. Yeah, but I don't I, think... I, I feel like whatever the game was doing, the movie franchise was, like, stepping it up, like, five times. I actually times. have not finished the, fran- the whole franchise. I think I stopped around three or four. I think was, I think four was the last one that I watched. Yeah, because uh, Mike Epps' character, LJ, only lasts for one more movie. Oh, okay. And so, and so does Carlos. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when they died in three. I think four was the last one that I watched. I don't Ex- extinct- it's uh, Apocalypse and it's ex- Extinction. And then uh, the one after. Yeah. Then like, after that is what, like Retribution? Uh, isn't there like seven? Yeah. There's like seven afterlife? movies in this series, right? Yeah, I think I think that was the last one I saw. It was Retribution. Well, that's the, the last movie. chapter, I think, is the last movie. It's just called The Last, last chapter. chapter. Yeah, it's just called The Last Chapter. There's also Retribution. There's also Afterlife. Yeah. So there's a lot of these movies. We're going to be going down a rabbit hole. I think we should just cover these movies until it's done. That way, like, we can follow the story each movie. At first, I was thinking revisiting this series every October for the next couple of years. But then it'll be a long time before we're done. I think I'd just rather finish it so that we can at least have this fresh memory each couple of weeks we do it. Yeah, because we won't won't remember shit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I don't want to rewatch these movies. Yeah, so. nor do I want to remember them after we're done. <laughs> right. Although I don't think this movie was all that bad. I mean, it's definitely not as bad as some of the shit that we've watched already. So I mean, it's not. The I worst. could say that I don't feel it's as bad as any of the movie bowl movies we watch. Honestly, if I had to have a title to this movie, uh, like to sum up to sum up what this movie is compared to the other movies, I would call this movie lesser evil. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, uh, the plot of this one is fairly simple. Um, it could have made a good video game plot. I, I do, I do like how um, it's kind of like, oh, there's fucking Eric just slamming the door shut. My wife has been slowly closing the door, and Eric, like a barbarian, just boom, and it doesn't even close it. A big clumsy ox. <laughs> uh, my wife is very delicate. See, uh, anyways. Um, I like the story it does like kind of how Mortal Kombat does where it picks up right where it leaves off because like in the Mortal Kombat franchise the first one ends with Shao Kahn and then the second movie begins boom right there with Shao Kahn this movie ended with Alice getting taken away and then uh, the other guy Matt I think his name was he gets taken away from the Nemesis Project this one picks up with right the ending scene of the first one Alice getting a shotgun out of a cop car and all that kind of shit like that. And I I do kind of like how they pick up right where they leave off with this movie. But they do it pointlessly because it's like, 
they show that, and then they just kind of skip back over to what Jill's doing. And then we don't really see what happens to her until she jumps into the church. Yeah, I think so, it's like, it's like not, we don't really see her again until like, what, 10, 15 minutes into the movie? With yeah, the scene? exactly. But just, that, just, to, just to remind you that this movie, uh, that, that she is not the main protagonist of this movie. Yeah, no, Alice, what, what do you mean? No, what, I, what I'm saying is you don't see her again. You don't see her against the church, just letting you know that to not get too focused on this character because she is not the main protagonist. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. That she's coming in a little bit. Okay. Just. But anyways, the story of it is that um, I, I guess the, the, the infection from the high from the first movie spreads up to the surface. And so people are trying to get out, but Umbrella Corp locks them in the city and decides the best way to clean it up is to nuke the city. I guess in that time period, they also decide to have a to test Nemesis out in the city before they nuke it, which is kind of weird, but fine. And uh, they want to test him out against Alice. Um, they they want his battle data. Yeah, they want his battle data. He's kind of like a computer program zombie because he can like. There's even that scene which. This movie really disrespects stars in a big way because stars, stars is uh, as you may or may not know, but you know if you played the games at all, stars is the main focus of of these Resident Evil games. Stars, it's, uh, special special tactics and rescue squad. Yeah, and stars are the main people that like are doing. Um, oh yeah, looks good, man. Looks good. Eric's finished with the chicken and uh, and lo mein, so. That's good. Yeah. But uh, Stars is the main uh, like um, police tele task force that uh, which you already said what it, what it stands for. And uh, it's 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 their it's Jill, pretty much their their special task force. Yeah. For yeah, for, yeah, for uh, these zombie for more dangerous missions. Stuff. Yeah, like these zombie outbreaks. And like Jill works for them. Uh, Chris Redfield works for them. You know, and all that. So uh, in this movie, we get one glimpse. And in fact, I got it right here. The only mention of stars where Nemesis goes up against the stars agents and like wipes them out with a Gatling gun with super good efficiency. Who who like, did not even bother to go hide. Everybody around LJ, Mike Epps character. Like that's impossible to do with a Gatling gun, just firing it into a thing. You're definitely going to hit that guy. Yeah. But you know. Whatever, movie logic. But here, I wanted to play this. This is the only thing we hear of stars. What do we have? A dozen armed men, well organized. I'm surprised there's anyone left alive. They're stars. Special tactics and rescue squad. They're the best. That's it. And then he mows them all down. Did they even say what stars was doing in the city in the first place? Nope. LJ LJ runs across them holed up in in this little uh, I don't know what it was they were holed up in I don't even remember it was like a movie bar like a video shop or some shit yeah some kind of store yeah some store and they were like doing like one of the guys was at top sniping and was just like shooting zombies that come by well Nemesis rolls up and he's not your typical zombie and they're like shooting him and they're like oh shit what the fuck's going on and then he lays into him and kills everybody there, and that stars is done. Yeah, I don't which even I, think Jill's a member of stars is a in funny this movie. Scene is when he's uh, scanning the area and he sees Mike Epps' character, and it says threat. Then he drops his guns and it says non-threatening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. When he drops the guns, yeah. But uh, like, 
I guess they were trying to be like, hey, well, nod the stars. But to me, it came off as just disrespectful because like they didn't have any setup. They're like, oh, they're a very like skilled tactics group. We're just told that. We're just told that. That's it. It's like, You're oh. supposed to accept it. Yeah, like, oh, they're, they got they got skills. They're mad skills. Like, well, well, oh, fuck that. Yeah, I, well, I, again, I think this is just one of those, uh, okay, what was the last movie missing? Okay, stars. So they, they're just shoehorned in there. Stars. And then we actually get Nemesis saying that right after he kills them all. He just goes, stars. And I guess it's just a wink at, at uh, uh, Resident Evil 3, the game. Yeah. Because yeah. that's something that he did. But, like, uh, yeah, it was just shoehorned in there for, like, fan service, I guess. Whatever. And yeah, because uh, Jill, even Jill Valentine. She's not a member of is- stars in this movie, huh? She's uh, just a cop, right? Uh, it doesn't even say she's a stars member. It just says that she's a cop. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. They don't even yeah, give. Because she's going around with that other that black guy. He's a member of stars. Because Nemesis. Yes, he's a member of stars, and they're partners. Yeah. Oh, so I guess she's a member of stars then too. Yeah, that's like she like she's she is a member of stars, but it's not like it's blatant, you know. Uh, like they, okay. they never really say it. You have to yeah, pretty dude. much, if you're a fan, you sh- you would know she's a member of Stars. I got you. Yeah, I got you. I didn't think it was explained either, but I kind of thought she was a member of Stars. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, whatever. But anyways, so they're trying to find their way out of the city, and then they get uh, talked to by um, who was his name? Doctor. Pull his name. Ashford. Ashford. Yes. Uh, And Doctor Ashford basically like, look, I have access to all the cameras in the city. You go save my daughter because the Umbrella Corporation was supposed to get her, and they failed. And like, I think she got stuck in yeah, because when the outbreak started, they tried to evacuate him, and his daughter was at school, yeah. and they tried to get her, yeah. and they ended up in a crash, and his daughter ended up going back to the school and barricading herself in the school. Yeah, and so basically, you save my daughter, I'll help you get out of the city. That's the deal. And you're, you're off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna finish. The whole plot of it is that, and then it culminates to them getting the daughter. They all meet up. Umbrella gets Dr. Uh, um, what was his name? Ashford. 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 I'm pulling up. Ashford. They get him, and then basically they're like, look, we want to see Nemesis and um, Alice fight one last time. And like, and then like, we're going to leave you here to die. Of course, they work their way out of it, blah, blah, blah. The ending, though, is interesting because it could have ended with them flying away. They could have even ended with them crashing and then you just see Alice maybe on the ground and you're left like, oh, what's going to happen next movie, you know? But they go so far as to then, like, have this whole extra 10 minutes at the end of then the Umbrella Scientist coming in, picking her up, bringing her back to the laboratory, putting her back in the tube. And in this movie, just like the first movie does this, where Alice starts off naked in the movie and then ends up naked in the movie at the end of the movie. Both movies do this, so right. I think I think this was just a trend in the uh, the early aughts of just Mila Jovovich being naked in movies because I think I she guess. was naked in a lot of movies. Yeah, and uh, the Fifth Element, I think yeah. she's naked yes. or at least barely clothed throughout like ninety percent of that movie because she just has those little robe things covering the nipples and stuff like that for most of that movie. But, so, but yeah, I can agree with you, Seth. I think it could have ended after it. Uh, Raccoon City actually blew up because it just got really nonsense, especially the scene where she remembers everything, goes well, yo, on a no, spree. She forgets everything she looks, again. It's when she looks at the scene, it's when she looks at the screen is when I'm like, okay, 
lost my shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I remember she made, everything. She made guy bleed out of his, out of all his. Oh pool. yeah. And then, yeah, at the end, then she gets these psychic powers and it's like, whoa, wait, she didn't have yeah. this the whole movie. And then you're going to show me this, not explain it, have her walk out. And then it's it's a weird last 10 minute scene that they could have waited till the third movie. So you could have started the right, third movie yeah, with that it, and then and start then, explaining. And then you see her yeah. um and then you see her when they active they quote unquote activate her. She's got the umbrella symbol. So now I'm looking at it like so Oh, in her eye non- in her like pupil or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, she has got the umbrella symbol yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. So are you believed to tell me that she is a non-mutated tyrant? now yeah psychic abilities you know that's that's somebody we don't see in first or second movie so far as tyrant i don't know if we ever see him in this movie series but i haven't seen all the movies so i don't don't know Um, if i do well i mean towards like i know it would extinction extinction um like there there are some tyrant like monsters but no they don't actually use the creature tyrant well let me ask you this ryan just to have a little fun with this topical discussion who do you think wins in a fight tyrant or nemesis nemesis really why you say because uh because honestly the um the nemesis is only his project name he's actually a the perfect form of tyrant okay okay he um, he is the third tyrant. Oh, okay. he's actually he's actually like the third or fourth tyrant because the first tyrant that was actually in Resident Evil One is actually uh, Prototype Two. Prototype One actually escapes. Oh, and goes on a rampage. Prototype Two would have been perfect if he could have followed orders. Mm. Now what? Now the whole purpose of the tyrant was for an an ultimate bi- organic weapon. A living, breathing weapon that that takes order. Now, Nemesis, he's also goes by the name of Tyrant, is the perfect Tyrant because he's the only Tyrant that's ever been created that actually follows orders. Okay. When it was given to him. All right. So yeah, uh, in a fight, it would be the Nemesis. All right. So. That's interesting. That's interesting. All right, we're going to go ahead and get into uh, some of the trivia. I think we've covered the movie, some of our thoughts and breakdown of the movie. Um, well, well I, I, wanted, I wanted to add one more thing about sure. the movie. Yeah, was ahead. the ridiculousness of them explaining on why Dr. Ashford created the virus in the first place. Oh, yeah, oh, the yeah, healer daughter. Da- yeah, his daughter couldn't walk. So she, uh, Yeah, he was trying to cure paralysis. Yeah, and it ends up creating a zombie disease. How do you go from this to that? Yeah, that is kind of stupid. Yeah, they try to... Th- but then it does work because her daughter's able to walk. Yeah, because he says the virus, from what uh, Alice explains, the virus is supposed to work by reanimating dead tissue and stimulating cell growth. So yeah. it makes it brings the dead back to life and it makes alive people mutate. Yeah. So that's the basic explanation. But give. then they also give an explanation in there that if you have something wrong with you, that it might stop the virus from mutating you yeah. if, like, it's fixing something. Because, like, I think because of the girl... She didn't mutate because she had something wrong with her legs, so it didn't mutate her. But I don't know why it doesn't mutate Alice. That kind of makes sense because well, kinda... think about <coughs> that kind of makes sense because think about Deadpool. He got the can he got cancer, yeah, right. And, yeah, and the cancer basically keeping him alive, right? Yeah, yeah. So the so cancer's keeping kinda, Deadpool kinda, alive. Eric's kinda, making an analogy to Deadpool. You can actually unmute Eric if you want. There, right there. Oh, I was just gonna leave him muted. Ah. Eh. 
No, I was saying like it's kind of like Deadpool because Deadpool actually needs the cancer to keep him alive because yeah. if not the 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 cells he got from Wolverine will kill him, right? Yeah. Because it's not originally his. So you're saying it kind of makes sense that this would not mutate the girl for that reason as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, I do agree, though, but that is a weird kind of bit of exposition to drop into this movie and um, whatever. But, uh, um, okay, let's get into trivia. You ready for that, Ryan, or is there anything else you want to point out? Um, no, I think I'm done pointing out stuff. Cool. I mean, I can, I can probably do it all day, but no. I, th- I think we should move on to the trivia. One uh, common criticism by viewers is on the wardrobe of the character, specifically the woman Alice, Jill, and Terry, which was regarded as fan service and highly impractical in a zombie apocalypse as clothing exposes too much skin. True, because if you get bit or scratched on your skin, you're a zombie, but yet you wear the least clothes possible. In the game Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, the excuse is that Jill was ambushed in her apartment by zombies and didn't have time to change clothes. While in the movie, it seems she and Alice purposely dressed the way they did. Anticipating the criticism, it was Mila Jovovich's idea about having the heat wave in Raccoon City as the reason why her character Jill, her character Jill Valentine and Terry Morales are wearing very few clothes. Unfortunately, the shoot was in November in Toronto, and the cold weather made the shooting troublesome for the actors. <laughs> Oded Fair had little difficulty in playing his character uh, for the handguns because he was trained in the Israeli army. Um, the suit for Nemesis weighed in excess of 60 pounds. Stuntman Matthew G. Taylor could only stay in it for periods of up to 15 minutes before it got too hot. Yeah. Sienna Guillory based her movements by of Jill by watching the way Jill moved in the game Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. No, that's terrible. Yeah, like that's a like a blocky PlayStation. That was like yeah. Dreamcast yeah. Well, PlayStation well, 2. I think. Yeah, because there's, there's actually one scene where she, when she creepily walks into that build that uh was it the hospital she has her gun ready in the air and she's walking with it and she's doing the exact way that Jill does it in the game. Mm. As in but the it, first, but, oh, but, the, but the way she does it in the movie is actually from. I was gonna say actually from Resident Evil One, the remake, but I don't even think the game even came out. No, not yet. Unless, unless it came out like two thousand three or either two thousand five. Yeah. As in the first film, the zombies were mainly all professional dancers. They attended an undead boot camp, where two of the cardinal rules were no dragging feet and no outstretched arms. The trailer for this film was one of the most watched on the internet with 8.5 million downloads from November 2003 to May 2004. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, I remember a lot of people were excited for the movies when they first came out. Although never addressed specifically, the infection had already started since the events of the first film. As the Red Queen had stated, the virus can change forms. During the time span between the two films, the virus had spread from the hive to the subterranean area of Raccoon City, apparently via the ventilation system, explaining how the undead rose from the cemetery. See, I was wondering how that happened because it didn't make sense to me because I was like, how did they get infected if they're already dead? But apparently it can bring the dead to life. Yeah, they're like, they're dead, they're buried in their coffins, and they could freaking crawl But if it brought them to life, why did they stay underground until they came up? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't they just come up 
already just be wandering around the cemetery. First of all, how the fuck the virus get deep six feet in the ground like that? That too. Like, there's a lot of ground in the coffin for that virus to go down in. And if gas and stuff always rises up, like, I I don't know. Like, is the hive, does it rise up through the cemetery? I mean, I guess maybe, but... I don't know. That's that's weird. I think there's a lot of weird stuff with that that I don't really want to dig that. Yeah, because it, it jumps from what point A to like point D, and now, you don't see really anything in between. Yeah. Now I do like this. So this is what I was saying to you earlier in the car. The dogs were not computer generated. Makeup was applied to them. Yeah. And that's one thing I'll give this movie just like the first. There was a lot of practical cool effects, effects, a lot of makeup work done, and it actually looked good. Like I thought Nemesis looked good. Yeah, I didn't think he looked bad. Yeah, he did. He looked. Bad. I thought he looked pretty deep, especially for 2004. Mm-hmm. And it was all practical. It was not CGI bullshit because that's a lot of what we get nowadays. Is just let's just CGI it. And they went for practical effects in here, and I, I liked it. Did he look like he did on Marvel vs. Capcom? Kind of. He looked a lot like that actually. He even has the rocket launcher. Yeah, like he looks a lot like that. So yeah, that and um, later on that particular uh, style of nemesis, especially with the Gatling gun, was used later in um, Resident Evil's Operation Raccoon City. Yeah. Around the 59 minutes uh, mark of the movie, Jill, when Jill, Alice, Carlos, and LJ have Angie, and Alice is talking on the phone to Dr. Ashford, Jill is holding her waist like she's in caution. A term used in Resident Evil games to show your health status. There are four levels, including fine, yellow caution, red caution, and danger. Oh, I didn't pick that up. Earlier, Peyton was in danger because he had to be carried by Jill and Terry, which is from the game Resident Evil Outbreak, where you can carry fellow players when they're limp. I don't think they were doing that for the game. I think somebody just made those connections on that one. I don't think that was thought out in that way, but sure. Uh, At around 39 minutes... Oh, yeah, Stars is only where we've been playing that one. Um... Oh, wow. This is according to Paul W.S. Anderson's commentary for the DVD release. Snoop Dogg was originally chosen to play the role of LJ, but he <laughs> left the project, and they put Mike Epps. Oh, man, that's what the movie was missing, there Snoop Dogg. Uh, when LJ is driving around the zombie-infested Raccoon City, he runs down zombies. And, yeah, okay. Um, mm, Oh, that's interesting. They do have this. I'm not going to get into that. Duh. But they did say, coincidentally, Capcom, which develops Resident Evil series, also distributes Grand Theft Auto games in Japan. I didn't know that. They distribute distribute the uh, Grand Theft Auto games. Because there's that line in there where he's like, Grand Theft Auto, motherfucker, 10 points. And apparently, I guess it's a nod for that. Wait, that's some kind of payoff? Yeah, because in the the original uh, Grand Theft Auto games, you got points for running over people. Oh, okay. This Resident Evil title was the last to be released onto the VHS format, but the first to be released on the Blu-ray format. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, This is the only theatrical release film in the series featuring undead children before Resident Evil Final Chapter. So I guess Resident Evil Final Chapter is undead children, but they do have the zombie kids that eat the news reporter in the school. That They just talked to... uh, use and fire a gun just for her to get eaten a scene that was cut in the edition was a marketing ad by umbrella the anti-aging cream they had made was hailed as miraculous and the cosmetics products by umbrella were supposed to be groundbreaking 
Yeah, because that's what made the trailer so awesome. Yeah. But then they decided not to even use it. The weather map around the two-minute mark at the beginning clearly shows Raccoon City as being approximately where Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania. Other real-life towns such as Sellings Grove, Hazeltown, and Pottsville all appear in the correct geographic locations around Raccoon City. Uh, Pottsville? Yeah, Pottsville. P-O-T-T-S-V-I-L-L-E. Sony put up a Fox newspaper which shows Leon S. Kennedy as Jill's partner being killed by zombies. But Leon would later return in Resident Evil Retribution. I didn't catch that. The film was originally entitled Resident Evil Nemesis after the third game in the Resident Evil aka Biohazard film video game series of the same name which had a similar plot. The title was later changed to Apocalypse after the release and subsequent box office failure of Star Trek Nemesis. Oh, so they didn't want to be tied to Yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, we don't want to get uh, too confused. Yeah. Let's see. Dude, comes in. Okay, as uh. Oh, okay, that, apparently, ex Evanescence guitarist Ben Moody was one of a zombie that gets a knife thrown in his head in the movie. Really? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Good. Good to know. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, there's not really much else I think in there uh, they said oh that run in, in hour three uh, Milia Jovovich did the last part of the run down that city hall herself well I think she's running on down that building her stunt double did the first part at about 200 feet above the ground and then she came in and did the last boop, boop, boop. Uh, Milia Jovovich was disappointed by this film. She said that the studio wanted more action and explosion and that the story was swept under the rug. I can see that. The story is kind of just basic and it is a lot more action, explosions and shit like that. that yeah. I mean, there's a fun aspect to it, but it did lose like the first story, first movie, the story was a little more interesting at least. This second one was just like action popcorn flick. There was some Yeah, yeah it seemed it seemed like we went it, it seemed like an aspect of Alien and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Paul S. Anderson, W.S. Anderson first started writing the screenplay immediately after completing the first film. So as soon as he was done the first film, boom, he started trying to write the second one. Um. Uh, let's see. Nope, nope, nope. All right, I think that's a. Uh. Oh, okay. The film originally featured Claire Redfield as one of the main characters in the original script. Gina Phillips was originally cast as Claire Redfield, but dropped out before production began. The character was eventually scrapped from the movie when Emily. Virgil dropped from the role uh, out from the role Claire Redfield would surface as a character in Resident Evil Extinction this the next time movie. played by Ali Ali Larder yeah uh, that's the next movie yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Although the word zombie is never used in the film, it is featured in the ending credits. German comedian Tom Gerhardt, who portrayed the infected father in the gate closing sequence, is credited as Zombie Dad. All other zombies are credited as undead. According to the audio commentary by Paul Anderson, he mentions that the character of Dr. Isaacs is a homage to actor Jason Isaacs, who made an uncredited cameo as Dr. Birkin in the film's narrator, and the film's narrator, excuse me, during the opening credits of the first film. Dr. Birkin as a character was meant to be someone whose backstory would be expanded in further films, but was scrapped when Jason Isaacs left the project. The character Dr. Isaacs was created as a replacement. And then, like, uh, yeah, they're saying that a lot of that footage when they first started the movie, they just reused the footage they shot in the first movie. Because the second movie opens up with some of the same stuff from the first one. And they were just, they didn't reshoot any of that. They just used the same shit. And then, of course, just then just did a whole different movie behind it. They said the original plan was for Jill Valentine to meet up with Alice. However, this idea was scrapped. As Paul Anderson wanted to have two separate stories occurring at the same time. He didn't really. I mean, they were still... Yeah. They were still kind of... You didn't really even see Alice's story. I mean, it was just them, really. I mean, there was the other Umbrella agents, like Carlos. But even that wasn't really a story. It was just kind of showing them end up at the school with uh, Jill and them. So they all met up together. There really wasn't any need to have two separate stories because none of them had any substance whatsoever. There was, yeah, there wasn't really much story there. Yeah. Newspaper with the headline "The Dead Walk" is a homage to George A. Romero's "Day of the Dead." In Day which, of the Day of the Dead. Yeah, and what's the exactly uh, which in which is ah the same newspaper headline was displayed. Uh, I actually own that movie on DVD. Yeah. Nemesis' weapon in the movie is his trademark rocket launcher and modified General Electric M134 minigun that the armorer, Chris uh, Charles Taylor, deconstructed, shortened the barrels to a 14-inch, and added muzzle brakes, which divert the burning gunpowder to create a unique plasma effect when firing. Mm. They put some work into the effects in this movie, yeah. and that's something I'll give them credit for on this. A lot of the effects and everything, I think, are pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, they did some work on it. Natasha Henstridge was asked to play the role of Jill Valentine, but uh, she she declined. Oh, the um, female lead from Species. Mm. Oh, okay. The costume for Nemesis was created by Kropskell Incorporated and PJFX Studios and stands roughly seven feet three inches tall, weighs nearly a hundred pounds. After production of Apocalypse was completed, the costume was restored and put on display at the Crop Circle's office. Or whatever you say, Crop Circle, or however you say it. Uh, filming took place in Canada and was threatened with shutdown when there was a SARS outbreak in Toronto. This ultimately didn't affect the production, with filming colluding in October 2003. That's crazy. Wow, that just made me flashbacks to the SARS outbreak. Yeah. Yeah. 
During the church scene when Alice fires at the motorcycle to kill one of the liquors, the slow motion bullets. Oh yeah, no, no shit. Yeah. There has their umbrella symbol. We talked about that. Uh the exterior shot of Umbrella's headquarters seen in the end of the movie is actually Toronto's exhibition place. <laughs> um when Mila Jovovich was filming her first chase scene with Nemesis. She experienced a minor accident where her arms were caught in the wires attached to her harness as her character was supposed to jump over the fence to escape. Oh, shit. Um, okay, this is although never referenced in the films, the newspaper clippings in Jill Valentine's apartment say stars operative Jill Valentine and others on temporary suspension after admission in the Arklay Mountains. Heavily implies that the mansion incident from the first Resident Evil game did happen in the film universe but was off screen. This would explain how Jill knew so much about the zombies and the T-Virus, which she kind of did know off the bat. She walks yeah, in to the police headquarters and starts shooting zombies and are like, they're infected and then walks out. So yeah, like you were saying, you're right. Uh, no mention is made of Chris Redfield or other characters like Barry Burton or Albert Wesker, though they do eventually show up in the sequels. So the events took place, but the way they happen are drastically changed. I didn't even catch that, but yeah, so apparently the first game kind of took place exact, almost exactly how it's shown in some way, and Jill was part of it. Because even the news reporter makes a mention like, oh, I did all these reports on you up until you were suspended. And they talk about her being suspended. You know, it would have been nice to have some exposition about that. Yeah, that's the only exposition we really get. I mean, is that the news reporter is like, you were suspended. Yeah. And that's it. I wonder if there were some cut scenes where they went into that more and they just scrapped it. There's a three-hour version of this movie laying around somewhere. Yeah, probably so. This is a three-hour movie of all these fucking movies. Um, yeah, we have to watch it and then review that. Yeah. And review that too. No. Uh, this film is included on the film critic Roger Ebert's most hated list. <laughs> Wonderful. That's uh, oh, so funny to me. I think that's about it. All right. I think that's about it. Um, um, hmm. Okay, well, here's some more. This is spoilery, I guess. Although never mentioned in the film, promotional material reveals Alice's last name as Abernathy. This is merely a fake identity for the former Umbrella agent and not the character's real name. This explains why the Umbrella officers usually call her Project Alice, both in this film and subsequent sequels. The shot at the end of the movie where we see the nuke flying above a pack of wandering zombies in Raccoon City is taken directly from the ending of the third game. So yeah, just like you were saying, we said yeah, that earlier. City, mm -hmm. yeah. In the final scene, when Alice wakes up in the aquatic incubator, when she hears Angie's telepathic call, this implies that only the individuals who manage to bond successfully with the T-virus on a cellular level without any side effects are the only ones capable of developing supernatural powers like tele telepathy but they don't really explain that it's just like figure it out that's yeah, not it's like when her and the girl first meet and they're just like oh yeah they automatically know they're each effective yeah yeah but it's just kind of like you've got to make those leaps in logic they don't yeah, explain that and that's there's some things where it's like the audience can figure out that's not one of them yeah you should probably do something to explain that during the commentary on the first film in the series, Resident Evil, uh, Milia Jovovich refers to her nipple appearing on screen. 
saying that this proves her dedication to the film. Sure it does. Director Paula she Anderson... Just, I told you, she just likes being naked. Okay? Yeah, I know, right? Anderson adds that she really been committed to the project. She would have shown both nipples. And <laughs> the sequel, she does show both nipples towards the end when she's in the tank. Oh, man. Look at this savage. See? Uh, they did exactly what the first movie was missing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Although the never mentioned, yeah. Although never mentioned specifically in this film, the holographic representation of the Red Queen in the first film is heavily implied to be modeled after Angela Ashford, the daughter of the scientist who invented the T virus. This was referenced in the first Resident Evil. That being said, the last installment, Resident Evil: The Final Chapter, somewhat retcons this by providing a retroactive explanation about the origin of the Red Queen, mm. who's said to be modeled after Alicia Marcus. Maybe, well, we need to get there. We haven't got there yet. I kind of felt like the little girl the in the first one, the Red Queen, it kind of looked like the little girl from Resident Evil 7. Yeah. I feel like they kind of look like the same thing. I mm. almost wondered if they took the same model. Yeah, I know, right? But Resident Evil 7 wasn't... Uh, I know, it was much later. Oh, 7 did, took that took one. one. Yeah. Maybe. Although Nemesis is known for using his tentacles to attack and kill in the video game, along with firearms, he never does this in the film. According to director Paul W.S. Well, Anderson, it would have been difficult to animate the tentacles for the film with the technology at the time. It what? wouldn't be possible until Resident Evil Extinction, where Dr. Isaacs mutates into a tyrant. Huh. Mm. Instead, to compensate, Nemesis uses the forearm mounted rail guns along with his rocket launcher. In addition, was inspired by the idea of Nemesis walking around with a gigantic, powerful weapon in each hand and almost indecisive as to which one to use. You should have just got some advice from like the Japanese people how they do like the tentacle porn and stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, because um, in the Resident Evil 3 game, uh, he only really uses one tentacle when he's in his perfect form, and mostly it's to kill you in one hit. Now, the only time the other tentacles pop up is when he, as the game progresses, he takes more damage. So it's he, it's like more of his costume uh, gets torn away, and it's more revealed that he's more monstrous. Hmm. All right, well, I think that's about it. That's all we're going to cover on that. So that's a bit of the trivia. There's a few more things if you want to look up IMDb for it, but I think we got most of the important stuff here. So how do we rate the movie? I'll go ahead and start since I always make y'all start first, and I'll say two lives down. I'll say um, I feel like Resident Evil, the first one, well, I'll save that for even though we're recording out of sync, uh, you know, whatever. But I'm gonna say two lives down. I, I it definitely wasn't bad. I had some enjoyment in this. I could maybe even see watching this movie again if I ever caught it on TV and just had nothing to do, or maybe it was on Netflix and I had nothing to do and there was nothing on Netflix I can find. Maybe I would pop this on again just years for down the road. Dumb and fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, and then I'm, I'm just like the Resident Evil series. So it you know kind of gets his hooks in me a little bit like that, but uh, honestly, like this, the plot's kind of shit. The action scenes I think are good. The effects I think are pretty good, but storyline, even the dialogue and stuff is kind of cheesy. There's a lot of like Jill in particular 
has that too cool for school type attitude. That the way her kind of Alice kept looking at each other, I thought they were going to turn lesbian in anymore. Yeah, you never know. We can dream. It would have made the movie better, but I, I guess know, yeah. Right? If that would if that would have happened, Seth will only lost one life. Yeah, I only lost one life. There we go. I spent five dollars on your stinking ass. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I rated. Kev, what you rate it? I'm gonna go ahead with you and say two lives. That seems like the appropriate amount of lives. Gotta lose a life to gain a life. Gotta lose a life just to have a life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Right. What you rating it, uh, Ryan? Sorry, sorry, gents. I'm gonna go with one. Okay. All right. That's cool. What you? What do you? What do you feel about it? Uh, the way I feel about it is, which, you know, as, as a movie in itself, uh, I wouldn't say it's. I mean, it's a decent movie. It's it's not a good movie. It's a decent one. But as far as the Resident Evil franchise goes, it's probably the best one. This movie is reminding us of what's to come. Oh, yeah. There's been because an incident. lives are about to get lost here. There's yeah. been an incident. Yep, that's right. It sure is. Yeah, it's as we go down this rabbit hole, I think we'll be getting killed more and more as we go. So, all right, well, thanks for joining us, Ryan. You're back as Robot Ryan. Appreciate you. Thanks. Um, thanks for having me. This is Losing Lives Podcast. You can check out Who's Next Podcast next week for the next episode of that. Um, of course, our website, whosnextgaming.com. And check out our friends, Nerds, the podcast. They were on the first Resident Evil episode. Um, you can check out uh, Blurs R Us. They're our friends overseas. Check out their podcast for like comics, movies, games. They kind of do all of it, mostly movies and movie reviews. Uh, check them out. Check out uh, Panel on Panels. See what they're doing over there. And uh, also, the Longbox guys. I think I forgot I'm on my Who's Next podcast episode. And uh, those are my guys over there with the Longbox. Appreciate what you do. Mike was on with us for an episode, and uh, it was real dope. And he had an interesting story on our last Losing Lives, uh, well, the, sex, the Scott Pilgrim episode. So uh, check out that one, too. Uh, I think that about does it. We out of here.